We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Is standing for the dignity and the identity of women radical? Is defending the ontological and the biological fact of the female now considered right-wing religious extremism? I'm going to answer these questions and more on today's Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. Today's topic is one of those I told you so topics. I'm going to use an article that was written by a writer for The Washington Times, the paper for which I also write as a contributing columnist. My columns come out every Saturday or Sunday in The Washington Times in the opinion section. Well, another writer for the Washington Times by the name of Bradford Richardson has written an excellent article titled Transgender Movement Rejected by Growing Body of Research. That's the article I'm going to use. Now, some of you that listen to the show on a routine basis are saying already, Piper, you've covered this topic before. Why again? Well, because our culture is spinning out of control to the point where we, we are butchering people Young people, children, children that our Congress now says are too young to have the constitutional right to go buy a firearm, are now being butchered in hospitals across the land. Up to 45 different hospitals across the land are promoting and bragging about the fact that they lead the transgender surgery movement. They will physically remove healthy organs from a body, and they will celebrate it. They will accommodate the delusion that you are something that you are not. They will mutilate your body through hormones and actual surgery, and they are now proud of that. They're diminishing the dignity and the identity of women. They're telling you that if you're a woman, that doesn't mean anything. You don't have any rights, really, because you're a woman. Because somebody else can pretend to be something they're not and steal all of those rights that are guaranteed to you by our Constitution and by, by Title IX. They can steal all of those rights from you. I've talked about all of this before, but this article highlights where we really are as a culture right now. So again, today's topic is one of those, I told you so, I told you this was coming, but to continue to ignore it and act like, well, talking about it six months ago, six years ago, that was good enough. Move on. Talk about something else. I'm not going to do that because this is a critical issue. It's critical to adult women, adult females who are losing their rights, losing their privacy, losing their identity, losing their very dignity at the hands of this misogyny. But we're butchering our children in heart, mind, and soul via this lie. 
So today I'm going to talk about this article, The Transgender Movement Rejected by a Growing Body of Research, written by Bradford Richardson in the Washington Times. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, why am I talking about this topic again? Well, I look at some of those people in history who stood against evil, who stood against injustice, the degradation of the human being. I look at William Wilberforce, who was standing, standing against the degradation, the diminishment of black people, who fought on the floor of the British Parliament for over 20 years to free black men and women from the lies, the deception of culture, of the arrogant, of the elite, of educators, of politicians. He wouldn't relent. He fought for a quarter of a century and finally prevailed because the truth always wins. In the end, the truth will win. Christ has promised us the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And what does his church stand for? The way, the truth, the life, the knowledge that no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the line of Judah, the Lamb of God, the way and the truth. He is the definition of those things. So never give up, never give up, never give up. Winston Churchill, repetition, repetition, repetition. I've talked about that over and over again on the show. Beat the drum constantly until people recognize that that drum you're beating is the drum of truth with a capital T. Truth is true even if no one believes it, and falsehood is false even if everyone believes it. Truth is true, and that's just the end of it. Oz Guinness. In my book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of What? Abandoning Truth. I was warning in 2015 in my Not a Day commentary, and then in the subsequent book, which was published in 2016-17, that if you abandon truth as a culture, there will be devastating consequences. I warned of this. I said that if you start denying the biological reality of what it means to be a human being, that people will be degraded to the point of antebellum slavery and the British slave trade. People will be degraded because they'll be defined by the powerful in a subjective way, and they will be dumbed down as something less than. And that's what They're talking about today, in critical theory, they say that if you don't have enough melanin in your skin, you're less than, okay? And now, if you are arguing for the biological reality of a female, the objective fact of what it means to be a woman, then you are less than because you're branded as a right-wing extremist for saying it, and therefore you're less than everybody else. You shouldn't have equal equal uh, billing in the newspaper, in the media, on uh, Facebook or Twitter. You'll be canceled because you're less than. Um, I've been canceled. I've been cited by the Right Wing Watch, which is under the banner of the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Human Rights Campaign. They've cited me. They've sanctioned me. They've tried to cancel me for saying what I'm saying right now and writing what I write right now. They did this back when I was the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Well, let's go to this article by, by uh, like I said, Bradford Richardson. Now, I want, I'm want i going to read portions of it, and then if I have time, I'll respond with some of my own commentary. 
Obviously, while I read parts of this article, I'll insert questions and concerns, applause and agreement, and maybe disagreement here and there. He starts out by saying, is Caitlyn Jenner a woman? Question mark. Now, you know that Caitlyn Jenner was immediately championed as a transgender woman, featured on magazines across the nation, even Sports Illustrated. The guy that at one time back in the 70s was branded the best athlete in the world because he was a decathlon winner in the Olympics, the Toronto Olympics. He, all of a sudden, is celebrated as a woman. Now, you know since then that even Caitlyn Jenner, i.e. Bruce Jenner, even even he has had difficulty, and I'm using the pronoun he because that's what he objectively is. Bruce Jenner is a male. His DNA is male. His physiology, except for perhaps some surgical or hormonal compromises, is male. And even those compromises don't make him female. It's just a disguise. If, if you cut off a finger, that doesn't mean that you don't have a functioning hand any longer and that you should have had five fingers. No, you cut that functioning finger off in a dysphoric way. You compromise something that was the ideal. You compromise the hand by taking off a functioning finger for no good reason because you were delusional. That, that, that doesn't mean that you should celebrate the fact that you've done that. That doesn't mean that that's who you originally were. No, your DNA your biology, your physiology, was that you should have a functioning hand at its full capacity with five fingers, not four, not three, not zero. Artificially removing your entire arm is not a wise thing to do. Just because you think you're an amputee, you don't go out and cut off your arms to prove that that, that uh, dysphoria, that mental illness, that you want to be an amputee, should be accommodated by the medical profession. I've said this over and over for, before. There are tons of analogies we could use right now. So the answer to the question, is Bruce Jenner a woman? The answer is no. And Ryan T. Anderson, as this article describes, and I know Ryan Anderson. I've had him speak at Oklahoma Wesleyan University while I was the president there. Ryan T. Anderson has a new book out where he's answering the question. The, 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 his latest book is titled, When Harry Became Sally. And it was just released. Again, when Harry became Sally, it was just released. And they'll try to cancel it. They won't allow you to read this book, but you need to go buy it. Buy it audio, buy it in print, get the book, When Harry Became Sally by Ryan T. Anderson. He's a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And he's stating the obvious in intellectual terms because he's, he's brilliant. He's a scholar. I'm going to boil it down to layman's language right now. The answer is no. Bruce Jenner is a man. He's not a woman. And changing his name and wearing makeup and dressing up like he is, like he is a woman doesn't make it so. Uh, steroid injections doesn't make him a woman. These are nothing but cosmetic changes. So contrary to the transgender movement's central claim, says this article, that the gender identity of an individual determines whether or not they're a man or a woman, Anderson is saying no. No, it's biological. It's physiological. Anderson says in his book, again, When Harry Became Sally, that there is no objective standard for determining 
and identifying sex other than the objective. Um, the reproductive systems, the biology, the physiology of the male and female is what determines whether or not you are a man or a woman. Now, up until about five seconds ago in human history, nothing I just said would have been controversial. In fact, you would have probably raised an eyebrow rightly and said, why are we talking about this? Why are we even debating this? Of course, your sex is evident in your DNA. Of course, your bodily systems, your organs, your sexual organs determine whether or not you're a male or a female. Why are we talking about this? Well, the reason is because this is a political and spiritual debate. It is not a debate of reality. We are denying reality because we want to be as God and we want to be something that we obviously are not. We want to be God and because we now think we are, we can determine and define reality accordingly. We can lie to ourselves. We can make good, evil, and evil good, up, down, and down, up. We can make men, women, and women, men. That's essentially what Ryan Anderson is warning of or telling us of in his book, When Harry Became Sally. Harry can't become Sally, and Sally can't become Harry. Bruce Jenner can't become a woman, and a woman can't become Bruce Jenner. We can pretend, we can dress up, we can go to the masquerade ball, but that's all it is. Okay, now here's the key. In this article in the Washington Times, as well as what Ryan Anderson is saying in his book, um, the key is this, we're causing great harm to our culture and primarily to our kids, to our children, by promoting this stupid ideology that denies reality. There, there's, there's a four-part transition scheme that the transgender activists use as they engage with our kids, our kids that they diagnose, they diagnosed as having gender transition issues. It used to be called dysphoria. It was diagnosed as a disease, a mental illness, and was treated through counseling and and through therapy. But no, now they say that it's a natural. It's a natural thing, and therefore your kid's confusion, his dysphoria, her dysphoria, should be affirmed. And here's how they do so. The first step is that children should be encouraged to transition. If they express, quote, a consistent, insistent, and persistent identification with the opposite sex. And if they do that, they should be celebrated, and you should allow them to choose a new name, new gender pronouns, a new wardrobe, and access different bathrooms and locker rooms. You should actually celebrate the fact that they want to act like the opposite sex, and you should demand that all of society accommodate that delusion. Children should be encouraged to transition if they are interested in the opposite sex in a consistent, insistent, and persistent way. In other words, you know back in the day where a girl was considered a tomboy because she wanted to dress in jeans rather than a dress, and she wanted to play baseball rather than play with dolls? She was just considered a tomboy because she was actually capable of competing with boys at that particular age. Well, if that happens today, you take that girl and you actually psychologically and spiritually abuse her by encouraging her to start thinking that she's a boy. 
Now stop and think about that. If you're listening to me right now and you were a tomboy in your younger years, if you're a female and you were a tomboy when you were 9, 10, 11, 12 years of age, before you reached the age of puberty, what they would do to you now is encourage you to change your name, change your pronouns, start using a different bathroom, and demand that you are something you're not. Demand that you're a male and gain access to all of those male facilities. That's what they're doing. They're telling you to deny the feminine, to to deny that you're a female. The second thing they do, as children approach puberty, they then put them on drugs so that they can prevent them from going through puberty in the wrong body, quote-unquote. All right? This is not good for women. This denies them the reality of being a woman. And it's likewise not good for boys because it denies that they are boys and it encourages them to pretend that they're females. And that isn't good for women because those boys steal women's rights. We see that happening in our culture right now. If you're listening to me as a female, you're losing your rights. Title IX means nothing to you any longer because you now have to bow at the knee of this altar of Baal, this altar of a new God that denies that denies the very reality of your existence. The third thing that they do is, as children enter adolescence, says this article, and says Ryan Anderson, they're given opposite-sex hormones, estrogen for a boy, testosterone for a girl, to mimic puberty in the quote-unquote right body. So they've abused your kids psychologically and spiritually while they're young, and as their bodies start changing, as they enter puberty, they actually want to manipulate that so that you are confused and you think that that is going in the opposite direction, in the opposite sex, the one that denies your physiological, biological, ontological reality, because they want you to go through puberty in the right body. Okay, the right body? Who decided that? Anyway, I digress. The final stage, and here is the dangerous one, is that around 18 years of age, they, they start recommending surgical procedures to replace external genitalia and secondary sex characteristics like growing a beard or whatnot with those mimicking the opposite sex. Now, these four stages are frankly child abuse. That's all it is. All of this happens before 18 years of age or around 18 years of age. Now, keep in mind, the people that are doing this are the same people that are now telling you that you should not have the right to avail yourself of the Constitution, of all of the rights, the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, that you shouldn't have the right promised to you by the Second Amendment to keep and bear arms until you're 21 years of age. But yet you can manipulate your body. They will encourage you to sever organs from your body, to inject steroids into your body. They will encourage you to do all of this. Oh, you're mature enough to do all of that and make those decisions, but you can't go out and purchase a firearm to protect yourself or to protect your livestock if you live in the country. You can't do that until you're 21. Oh, you can get married. You can go to war, you can buy drugs, you can buy alcohol, you can mutilate your body, 
You can do a lot of stuff, but you can't avail yourself of all of the benefits and protections of the Constitution and its Bill of Rights. The inconsistency here is stunning. It's stunning. Now, back to the point of this article. All of these things essentially focus on surgical and cosmetic procedures, okay? They want to transform a person's body. They want to take a person that wants to play with dolls, uh, if he's a boy, and they want to transform his body through transitioning surgery with a scalpel, but you know, the inconsistency here is the rigid stereotypes that they're buying into. These are the same people that tell us that women shouldn't be pigeonholed and stereotyped so that they have to behave in traditional ways, like wearing a dress, or girls have to play with dolls, and boys have to engage in sports, and they have to dress in a, in a way that's more masculine than feminine. The feminists... The left, the progressives, are the ones who have recoiled against all of those stereotypes and said, we don't think that those are right. That's just a product of society. But now they're taking those social constructs and they're saying that if somebody leans toward liking those things, then they're obviously a woman. Bruce Jenner's obviously a woman because for whatever reason, he leans toward the stereotype of a female. Do you, get, do you get the point Ryan Anderson is making? They're inconsistent. They're being illogical. They're using stereotypes now that they can to their advantage, whereas just yesterday they denied that the stereotype should even be applicable to this distinction between the way men and women behave. Now, here's another thing that's pointed out in the article. Anderson frequently cites a man by the name of Dr. Paul R. McHugh, he was a distinguished professor of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University, uh, their school of medicine. I'll say that again, Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Again, McHugh was there for 26 years as the distinguished professor of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins, one of the premier institutions in our nation. He was one of the guys that pioneered sex change surgery as a way to treat gender dysphoria. But here's the key. After studying the results, he concluded that the procedure brought no benefit to his patients, and he stopped offering that treatment back in the 70s. In other words, he knew that it was harmful and not helpful. So he stopped it in the 70s for scientific reasons, not political reasons, scientific reasons. And today, what does he recommend? He recommends psychosocial treatment, and he compares gender dysphoria to other maladies such as anorexia and suggests that the way to treat this is through a spiritual change. That's not his language, it's mine. Spiritual change rather than physical change. And in fact, in 2016, McHugh co-authored a report with Lawrence Mayer, a biostatistician, an epidemiologist, and they published this report in the New Atlantis, where they said this, gender dysphoria, a sense of incongruence between one's biological sex and one's gender, accompanied by clinically significant distress or impairment, is sometimes treated in adults by hormones or surgery, 
but there is little scientific evidence that these therapeutic interventions have psychological benefits. Did you hear that? One of the guys that pioneered all of this nonsense is now admitting that he was wrong and that there's little evidence, i.e. none, <laughs> little evidence, little scientific evidence that these therapeutic interventions have psychological benefits. So the bottom line, despite all of this nonsense, uh, some of the political gains that the transgender movement has realized in recent months, the tsunami of insanity that's sweeping over our culture. Despite all of this, you have one of the pioneers of this movement warning us and telling us we're hurting people, we're not helping people. Aside from the political reality that you're denying women their, their constitutional rights, the physical reality is that we're butchering people, that these quote-unquote therapeutic interventions have little benefit. But no, uh, the elite among us ignore all of this evidence, and they're rushing to the front of the political parade. Boston Children's Hospital has announced that it is one of the first major programs in the United States to focus on transgender t children and adolescents. That's what they're doing. They think it's something to celebrate and feature on their website. Uh, we have 45 pediatric gender clinics across the nation right now that promote this nonsense. And even Johns Hopkins Hospital has resumed gender reassignment surgeries just last year, and thus they're ignoring. They're ignoring the very evidence, the very research and advice and direction of their former premier scholar, McHugh. You know, I warned of this years ago. One of the first articles I wrote for the Washington Times was one that I titled, Gender Neutral Society Isn't Real. Not everyone buys into the fantasy that gender is a fabrication. This was one of the first articles I wrote for the Washington Times. And this was written after I was cited by Right Wing Watch, an organization that defines itself as a project of the people for the American way, a left-wing organization aligned with the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Human Rights Campaign. They cited me, sanctioned me, for being on the Tony Perkins show for the Family Research Council. And why did they do that? It was because of my commentary on gender identity. What, what, did they have a what, what did they have so much difficulty with? Well, I said, why are we being silent in the face of a culture that is degrading and insulting a female by saying she is not a biological fact? And for asking that question, I was cited. I was sanctioned. I was canceled. I've warned of this, people. I told you it was coming. I told you so. And here we are. Here we are. We have to stand up. We have to repeat and repeat and repeat and fight over and over again. If it takes a quarter of a century to defend the dignity of other human beings, then do so. It's the right thing to do. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.